need to smooth things over with the bros who are a little annoyed you didn't share the clue to the hidden immunity idol? Pick them up something great from Amazon.com. Find the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob Has a Podcast when you start your shopping at RobHasAWebsite.com slash Amazon. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the only guy more cranky than Colton Cumby, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rob Has a Podcast. We have got a great show for you guys this week. Another fun episode of Survivor Blood vs. Water, episode number two in the books and we've got a lot to talk about with you today. So we're going to have, we have our guests. We have some old school Survivor players on this season. So we're going to bring in an old school Survivor to talk about it. John Carroll from Survivor Marquesas, going way back to Survivor 4. He is going to join us and we're going to talk to him in just a little bit. Plus, we are also going to hear from you guys. We've got a ton of voicemails. We've got some secret scenes that we're going to visit this week. And of course, check in with what the survivors are up to on social media. We had a great exit interview this morning. I got to speak with Rupert Boneham, and I thought Rupert was really good this morning. He was Rupert has not lost it. It's been 10 years since Rupert first came on the Survivor scene in September of 2003, and I thought he still got it, Rupert. He was very good. And, of course, the other big news in the world of Rob as a Podcast, baby Sesternino has not made an entrance into the world yet, has not come back from Exile Island. We're still waiting for that news. Nicole's due date is the 28th, so we are getting dangerously close to that date. Nicole's actually going to join us later on in the show, so we're going to talk to her after we talk to John Carroll, and we'll have Nicole join us to talk about all the comments and all the crazy stuff from this episode of Survivor. And of course, as we're doing this season, you can watch our video interviews with the Survivors whenever possible. I'll let you know on our YouTube channel, which you can get to at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. And we will be seeing John on video there on the YouTube channel. And every week, I'll also be doing my new feature for Rob Has a Podcast, the least you need to know about Survivor each week, which is basically a short version of all the podcasts that we're doing on video in case you ever can't catch up with the whole show and you want to find out my take on something real quick. All right, everybody. Well, we have a very special treat today. We have we have, are lucky to have some old school survivors on this season of Survivor Blood versus Water. So I figure let's bring in an old school survivor to talk about this season. I, I know he's been listening to a lot of podcasts, and we've been trying to get this going for a long time. Here he is from Survivor Marquesas, John Carroll. Hi, Rob. How are you doing, John? I'm good now that we've gotten over our technical difficulties. Holy cow. Yes. And if you're watching the video of this, uh, either on our YouTube channel or on robhasawebsite.com, John has a very fancy camera, which like follows, could follow him around the room. It's like, uh, you might get, it's really, it's really wild stuff. All right. So John, first off, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm uh, loving survivor as always. And 
keeping an eye on what's what's happened out there in the survivor world and as each season goes by and more and more returners come back i get more and more frustrated but other than that i'm just great <laughs> so no john are you have you had a career change since your survivor playing days yes when i um i almost made it on to africa and then i uh, i got pushed back uh for marquesas i started law school for three weeks got the call to go to the uh, final interviews that final 48 then obviously made it onto the show and then when the show was done um then the following fall i went back and uh started law school so some of my classmates that i knew for about three weeks were all one year ahead of me because of that so i graduated in 2005 from law school so because of survivor you it's like you got left left behind a grade in law school I did. I did. That's exactly that's exactly what happened. I feel like that kid that plunked and had to come back. No, no, absolutely not. Well, congratulations on all the success uh, since the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of hard work, but I, uh, a couple of years ago, I got laid off. Uh, my mom actually works with me and, and she does all of my intakes with my new clients. And I got laid off and I said, you know what? I want to be the craziest person in the room. So I started my own business and it's been doing great, and I am the craziest person in the room. <laughs> well, you know, that's not an uncommon story. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people lose their job, and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to them. And I could also speak from experience with that also, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Let's, that's right. Now, have you watched every season uh, going back from the beginning? Yeah, I'm a junkie. Okay, good. Well, this is going to be a, a lot of fun then. So, okay, we have this season. We have the Blood versus Water format now back when you played survivor the game it was you know not so many crazy twists or anything like that i don't even think that uh do we even have any twists on survivor marquesas uh, no i think the biggest twist that well we, we did but they were compared to now they were child's play yes. we had these uh tribe swap oh yes and then and then the camp raid which i think our season was the only season they ever did the camp raid and did not give us food Okay, so it was a it was a much simpler time. It was a purer time in Survivor. Now we have blood versus water and all this this craziness. So, what do you make of this whole season? Um, I'm having a really hard time strategically trying to do the human chess in my head because of the loved ones and you know your concern for like how they're doing and how that you know because you have a, a, a two for chance if you're married. It's a one for chance if it's a boyfriend girlfriend situation to get the million. But between voting them out, ending up in Redemption Island, swapping them out, them swapping other tribes, and trying to figure out exactly who needs to be booted to protect your loved ones and advance your game at the same time, if that makes sense. I think Jeff said it best last night when he said, you know, there's so many layers to this season. And while it's a little cockamamie and a, a little contrived, I don't know. I think it's kind of exciting. It. It's basically, you know, like a four-dimensional game now that you really have to figure out. Going, you know, for Jervis, this is like the difference between uh, checkers in his original <laughs> season, and now this is like a really complicated chess game that you have to play. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, I love it because I think moving forward, they can do all kinds of different permutations and it will really mess with your head. There's no doubt about it because you can't just think one move ahead. You have to think like five and six ahead because of all of the uh, the moves that are available that could blow up in your face. 
All right, so this is pretty wild, and we'll get into everything from this week's episode. But I want to know first, now, do you have any stories or any interactions with Jervis or Tina from way back when? Um, you know, way at the beginning when I first got out, I did a bunch of like kind of fundraiser stuff, and those first few seasons really seemed to travel pretty well. I, I, I think I only really saw Jervis just a, a few times, and but I did develop a, a kind of a – online relationship with Tina and I, I like Tina a lot. I think she's just, she's a great person and she loves the game and she just is a completely different kind of player. And I think she's about to kick butt again because you can get this sense of what's happening on her side. But I will tell you that, that there was, when I got voted out and I turned into one of the evil players because I voted out Gabe and you know, the way I played the game and, and, and all of those things. Um, when we were in California, um, Elizabeth Hasselcrack, I mean Hasselbeck, um, called me to get Gabriel's phone number so they could go hiking. Oh wow! <laughs> With all the other sweethearts from Survivor, and because I was guess I was not a sweetheart, I did not get invited, and I thought that was really rude. Um, and uh, but I still gave her his phone number, and so they did go hiking. They did go hiking, and then do they still have a friendship to this day? I don't think so, but I don't know. No, no, I'm, I'm not sure. Yes. All right. I, I, don't, I don't think their politics are aligned, has, that's for sure. Yeah, has Gabriel received an offer to visit the Fox and Friends set yet? Uh, well, his son is named Fox. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> That could have been he part of the He should get deal. that invitation. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about last night and this idea that the new tr- the pl- tribe of new players decide, hey, we're going to vote off Rachel, not because she she's kind of with us, not for any other reason other than her boyfriend is Tyson. And we think that then he will go out of the game and take her spot at Redemption Island. Did you like this move strategically? Um. Yes and no. I mean, the, the moves are, I think, kind of limited, at least in terms of what's happening because of that all boys alliance um you know i i think it's a risky bet to think that tyson may not be able to work his way through you know the challenges i don't remember tyson ever being a big challenge king so you know i i don't know how you know risky it would be but considering that that there were two women in the first challenge was a stacking challenge you know it it might actually turn out to be you know a, a risky move because the next one could be a little bit more athletic and that may benefit, but Candace is a monster. So Marissa's no slouch either. Candace is kind of like a stone cold assassin. Like it's sort of like you know, she doesn't get rattled, Candace. And yeah. you know we've talked a little bit about Candace. Why is she back on this season? But I gotta say, she looked like she had ice water in her veins at Redemption Island last night. Hey, to be to be an alumni coming back and then to get booted without even going to a tribal council, I'm sure she's got an axe to grind. She's in piss. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's out looking for, uh, for some, some uh, revenge and it's, she wants yeah. it cold. Candace. Yeah. So we, we got to talk about Colton. Hurry up. All right. Get to Colton. All right. Go, let's get, I can't stand it. I'm sitting here. I'm raring to go. All right, go ahead. Go Colton. Oh man. I'm like, first of all, that he get, you know, he, he, I don't believe in anything he stands for at, at all. I mean, I'm his polar opposite, which is great because that's what makes great television is those kind of things. But when I hear somebody use the, the Q word, and I'm not talking queer, I mean quit, I, I want to just jump through the TV because I don't know any past survivors that are still watching the show, that are, that are you know, 
into it and love the strategies and the new permutations and all of that, that would not drop everything to go back for a second chance. And to see anybody, especially within the first six days that you're on the island, already whining and moaning and pitching and then wanting to go home and then run across and jump in his boyfriend's lap. I'm just, I, I just was beside myself. I, I had to, I, I had to stop tweeting because I was going to say some really terrible and stupid things. Okay. Well, good. That was probably a good thing. Probably not as fun as if you actually did. So yes. Well, you were in a tribe back on Survivor Marquesas where you guys got out of the gate and got off to a hot start like this tribe of returning players. And you guys kind of were one of the original, if not the original Survivor love tribe. And maybe we might've seen a massage conga line happening on the old Road 2 tribe, like on this tribe. But Colton seems besides himself saying, oh my God, I hate these people. Why is everybody being so nice? I didn't come here to just sit and play Kumbaya. I want to vote somebody off. So is this anything that you could relate to from your own survivor experience? Well, I think first the reason that he can't do it is because he's just not nice. He doesn't have a different gear. He's only got one gear and that's to be snarky, snotty, and a bitch. So that's kind of his, his lead suit. And anything different than that is outside of his comfort zone. I'm sure he gets everything he wants. You know, he shows up with his little sweater around his, you know, his shoulders and, you know, and, and all that stuff. But the reality is, is that you got to be able to read your audience. You got to be able to look at your players. And we all got along on road two right from the very beginning. And then on top of it, we really outperformed in the challenges, considering that we were smaller and weaker. We just figured out the riddle of the challenges better than Mataamu did. And so we just did better. So we could bond and, you know, give the massages and, you know, and do all those things. But obviously that didn't do us any good because a road to did not end up winning the show. You know, Vesepia did. Yeah. But I do think that you do want to have that sort of tribal harmony. And yes, maybe things start to go haywire after the merge. And, and, you know, we have seen seasons where the tribe that dominates pre-merge doesn't end up making it all the way to the end. Survivor Samoa is another good example of that. But I feel like if you could just sort of like, hey, look, we all are are going to do better in this game if we can cooperate and work together. We're all going to be making more money along the way because we're all going right. to do better. Let's just put aside whatever differences we have and function together as a unit. Colton does not seem interested in that. No, because I, I don't think he, he, I think he thinks he can play that chaos card and that somehow is going to get him further in the game. But it was too soon. I mean, it's, he needed to kind of shake out to see where everything were because there are some older players that, that are there, and there may have been an opportunity for him to like get one of those people out. But he just snapped, and that's just because it, it, it is who he is, and I don't think he can be anything but that. You know? And you know, when we were on the island, I do wish that we started playing the game a little sooner than we did. And I think it did not help us that we did not go to tribal council for 15 days. I think that was just too long to get in the game. And then I overplayed my hand. I was too eager and jumped in and freaked out because Gabe wouldn't give me a straight answer. And, you know, and the rest is all history. But I, I think that you have to be patient and let the game come to you. You know, I, I think you and I are both, we like football. And so I think about a lot of things that they talk about, like when a, a new like freshman quarterback in college comes out, one thing they talk about is the game is very fast and, you know, and you don't really catch up to the speed of the game until, you know, you've, you've been in it a few times. 
I think that Survivor potentially kind of is the same way. I think, one, it helps to watch a lot of seasons, but I think if you get to actually be out there again, I think the game slows down a little bit, you know, and that's at least what I would hope, is that you're out there, that you can kind of see the moves better, you can see your opportunities, know when to open your mouth, when to close your mouth, you know, when to walk around carrying a lot of sticks, making food, you know, all those kinds of things. And I don't think Colton sees those different kinds of, of levels of figuring out chaos potentially is an element that he could have used, but he needed to pick his, his shot. He needed to figure out when the opportunity would arise that he could plant those seeds of doubt if he wanted to play the chaos card. Is it fair to say that the chaos card or the chaos game is a game that works a lot better with people that are out there for the first time, don't know how the game works than against a bunch of veterans who are somewhat savvy to how the game works? Absolutely. Or veterans who are maybe are not as strong or as savvy. Just like you said, I think you used a, a very a good word there. It's how savvy are they? You know, how, you know, what's their life experience in general? And I think Colton you know, is, he's a young, you know, what I call a vicious queen. And most of us gay people at one time in our life were vicious queens. <laughs> I mean, it's just part of kind of cut your teeth and being gay. You, you go through your campy phase, you go through your, 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 your mean girl phase, you know, all those kinds of things, you know, certain, certain ones of us. And I'm, I was one of those people without a doubt. If you've got a, a sharp tongue and a quick wit, it's very easy to be Colton, but that's the unevolved person. That's the person that is, you know, basically just a brat and just doesn't understand a sense of other and he doesn't know how to be self-effacing. And he just, I think, with his fiance being on the other side, I don't think he saw that coming. I don't think he actually thought far enough ahead as to what would happen when they landed there on the beach. And when he got ripped away, he just wasn't in any place mentally to adjust to that. Do you think that Colton realizes that he's on the outside looking in right now and maybe that's why he has really ratcheted up the chaos and, and he's really desperate right now? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So instead of figuring out another way in, he just goes and he, first of all, he implodes and then he spontaneously combusts, you know, right all at the same time. So, you know, it, it's really, it's his own fault, but I think he, I don't know what kind of strategy he was thinking about when he was going to get there. Cause I don't think he, ever talk, took the opportunity to look around to figure out who he was playing with. And, you know, you got Eris that's out there. I mean, you know, and Tina, just those two together should give you a big clue what the culture and the tone is going to be like, you know, and then you got Jervis with his wit, you know, I mean, it goes on and on, but he, he wasn't ready to play this game. Yeah, I also think that part of it for Colton was that he went out of the game being medically evacuated last time, and he was probably medically evacuated. Well, what are quote, you, unquote. Well, do you feel like he he quit the game the first time? Yeah, I think he quit the game the first time. Really? I uh, mean, yeah, because I feel uh, like he was set up in a pretty decent spot the first time around. I think he was too, but I mean, you know it. I mean, you've been out there twice now. You know how hard it is. And, you know, the bottom line is well, he's in six days and he's already, you know, going to quit and he's in tears and all that. And it just I think it, 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 he's so vulnerable and insecure that if it all did not line up perfectly for him, then it was all going to fall apart at some point. Around, you know, whether it was going out like Brandon or somebody else, I just think he's too emotionally volatile to be able to survive this game. Well, I'll say for the record, I don't think he quit the first time around. I think that he did have some sort of gastrointestinal bug that ended up making him uh, be out of the game. But just to go back to that for a second, 
I, I feel like he came back in like he wants to just prove so badly that, hey, I am I am a dangerous player. And he really just wants to come out of the gate so bad and be aggressive that it's just it's a marathon. This game, you cannot play. No, so uh, you can't do that. In day, you teams. can't do that on day six. You haven't even lost weight yet. I mean, it's like I mean, it, it's way too soon, way too soon. And nobody gave him permission. That's the other point about this is you'll get your, your cues when people will get, give you their tell that it's okay now to maybe enter that. But he could not read Cat at all and then Tina and then that whole big old mess. He just couldn't read them to understand this was not sitting well and he needed to shut up. So we talked about a little bit earlier the point in the game where you said you felt like you guys waited too long to go to tribal council mm-hmm. for the first time. So is there a sweet spot where you would say that this tribe of veteran players should try to think about when they should maybe throw a challenge to potentially get rid of Colton, who's causing a lot of problems around the camp? You know, I, I think at this point he can be sequestered by this group. I think the, the, the players that are there with him are old enough and wise enough and have enough experience, you know, playing this game that they can basically just treat him like a toddler and just put him in timeout and let him just tantrum himself out and, and until he just, you know, spins himself and he'll either get in line or he'll be voted out or he'll put himself out. But it, it's more about do you want to, bu- you know, do you want to put up with a gnat flying around your head for 14 days or do you want to just go ahead and you know, squash them and, and get them out. I, I'm a, I do not like throwing you know, people that when they throw challenges, I think it potentially can backfire. And if you are going to do that, then you have to have a really strong player that is creating chaos, not just a person who's creating chaos that is not going to be able to affect your game. And I think Colton right now is, is more the latter than the former. Would you say that on your season, did Boston Rob play the chaos game uh, at the point that he gets switched over to the row two tribe? Oh yeah. And, and that was the one time if, if of all the times I've seen people talk about throwing challenges in survivor, I think that was the one that made the most sense overall, because what ended up happening is, is he created so much damage before he left that I didn't even know I was a dead man walking until you know until i got voted out so i i think that when you you see somebody who is actually a good player creating chaos you got to get them out and if it means you've got big strong numbers in your head by three or four people then i'd say you have to really think about doing that because the damage they can do just by their mere presence is worth the risk of throwing a challenge how about Tyson, where we talked about uh, Rachel being voted out of the game. Do you think that Tyson will switch next week and take Rachel's spot at Redemption Island? You know, that's a very good question. Um, the I thought a lot about it because the, the, the thing that I think is interesting about this Redemption Island angle is you've got a single households that are out there together, and then you've got some boyfriend-girlfriends, and then you have some relatives um, and so there's these kind of degrees of chivalry, if you, if you will. If Tyson was married to Rachel, then I would say there would be really no downside unless he really thought that he could outplay her. Because whoever's winning is bringing the money home to the same bank account. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, that's a little bit different. And unless she's got a ring on it, I'm not so sure he's uh, going to give up that chance for that million. 
So you think that Tyson should propose and then potentially <laughs> go into Redemption Island? With a prenuptial in his other hand. <laughs> That's good. I kind of feel like he will. I think that Tyson is very confident. And I know you said that you didn't know how good of a challenge threat Tyson is. But I know from talking to him, I mean, Tyson used to be like a professional cyclist. And Tyson is a really amazing athlete. Like, I think he's up there with Ozzy in terms of the greatest challenge competitors ever. Ever. Now, the caveat is... You know, these games that they play on Redemption Island are sort of like, you know, ring toss and mm-hmm. you might it, it could just be, you know, a little more into the dexterity. But I know Tyson's such a confident guy that I got to think he's going to do the, the right thing by his girlfriend and step into Redemption Island. Um, I actually think he's going to swap. I, I, I think he's going to do it. He's, he's played. I think this is his third time playing. This is the third. So, yeah, this is his third. So, and she's never got to play. Um, and I don't know, you know, once you get there, I guess, you know, maybe the third time and you really see what you're in for, maybe that plays into it. But I actually think he's going to swap. And part of it is, is, you know, maybe he thinks he really can bust through those challenges on Redemption Island and, and be able to re-enter, the, you know, enter the game. Especially because it's a three-way competition, that it's a troll. All you have to do is not lose. If you come in, you know, first or second, you'll be okay. Like, how many times, is, how many things could Tyson potentially lose at? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it just depends. You know, if they do, you know, puzzle, 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 and he's not a puzzler, then, you know, then he's in trouble. But, you know, they, it just depends on what's going to come his way. But, yeah, I, I think it's a calculated risk. And, I mean, I think you have to look at who's in the island and then, kind of see what's going on in terms of who's coming next. So even if the the uh, the uh, loved ones continue to lose, it's very clear they're voting out their women. So if you're Tyson, there's probably really no downside, at least athletically, about going into Redemption Island because if the returners keep winning, he's just going to keep competing against you know, other women until they run out of girls. And then, you know, according to Culpepper, they'll throw Caleb in there. <laughs> So uh, I was thinking about this this morning because there are so many layers now. Like, let's say that we're out there and we're in some sort of, you know, it's the same same season and we're on the the tribe of veterans and we have an alliance. And so now we're concerned that maybe, you know, you have let's say you have a loved one out there and I have a, and I have a loved one out there and we say, hey, look. John, we need you and we need you in this group. We need this group to stay strong. I want to make a pact right now. Any of the five of us in this group, if anybody goes and switches spots with their loved one, we're voting your loved one out when they come to this tribe. So don't even think about switching. Do you think that it's possible that any of the returning players talk this way, um, you know, in talking with, with one another? Oh, I think Cole Buffer would. <laughs> um, I, I think that anytime that there's a, you know, a, a threat, whether it's actual or veiled, potentially is problematic because some people just really react strongly to anything that looks like either, you know, being threatened to or being coerced or, you know, what have you. And I think that potentially, you know, creates a, a problem down the road. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that you can, I, I bet you could get two or three of them to, you know, pull a page out of Boston Rob's, you know, cult of Rob. I'm going to, you know, you know, cut your head off if you even look at those people um, kind of uh, playbook. But hey, to get all um, five of them to be on board, I'm we're gonna so have sure. a buddy system. If anybody switches, <laughs> then your, your your loved one is the next out. 
Uh, that'll be good. That would be good. Just... Please drink the Kool-Aid when we're done. <laughs> they should have Boston Rob on this season. Were you, are you surprised to not see Rob and Amber on this season? Um, not really, because it looks like he's really trying to master his poker skills. Yes, I think he's and, retired. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, he he won. You know, would I love to say, hey, look, I, I, would I like another crack at him? Absolutely. But um, I think after, what, four or five times, um, you know, he's got his million. He got his second place. He got a wife and a bunch of babies. He's, you know, staying out on top unless, you know, down the road if they, uh, you know, when Survivor ends, hopefully never, ever, never, um, then I think that would probably be the last time that he'd see him come back. Yeah, I do think there's something to that. I mean, if you're somebody who's won on your first time, like a Sandra or uh, or an Otis, you know, you win the first time. I do think there's a little bit of like, what's the point to come to mm -hmm. come back? But if you've never won, I I certainly understand why you want to keep coming back. But if you're Boston Rob and you play, you know, three you play three times and then you finally win on your fourth time, I'm I'm like, you know, I've already there's no incentive for me to come back. I'm not gonna win again two times in a row. So really, what right. would be the point to come back? Yeah, you know, unless they do some like crazy season and double the prize or or something, you know, like that, that changes it significantly. So that way it would be worth putting his legacy at risk. Yeah. So let's talk about this tribe of loved ones here. And so now you have uh, Brad Culpepper and they've got this alliance. Now, John, I just want to check with you that now Brad Culpepper, uh, that he gave us a, a math equation. I just want to make sure I want to run this equation by you and make sure you co-sign with this. So is it, is it true that four into, into nine uh, is out and five in and five into nine is in? Exactly. Yes, because on in Survivor Marquesas, when there, we got down to the final nine, you had a four uh, in nine, and that was not the that was not the right equation. No, and and uh, on my AOL account, and it still has my signature line. The thing I learned on Survivor is five is more than four. <laughs> yes. So Brad Culpepper knows this, and he is <laughs> and he has got this group going now. Uh, they said the criticism of the row two four alliance was, and tell me if this is just hyperbole or not, that you guys were too obvious with this alliance. So addressing that, and mm -hmm. is Brad Culpepper being too obvious with this, hey, we're the men, we have this alliance of five? Well, <laughs> the one thing is he's in, in, in a little bit better position than we were because it's the Culpepper five. And it was the road to four. So obviously that's like the big, big difference. Um, you know, the, the initial alliance was a row two of five. And what ended up happening, and, you know, obviously in our season is, you know, to this day, it, I still don't know exactly what Gabriel was thinking because I know he has to look backwards and say to himself, F was I thinking, um, that you know he wasn't here to play the game and he wanted to build a society and all of that. I'm like, go to Africa if you want to do that. I mean, that was the last season. Playing. What's that? That was the previous season. Yeah. So, um, you know, so so when he like busted off, you know, then we brought V in, but that was always going to be loose because of just the you know just the, the kind of the way it all worked. But I actually think V was really truly in our fight, and then when that coconut challenge happened. Um, the rest of our alliance, they just didn't see it coming. And when I sat down and watched what they were doing, I knew right then and there I was doomed. And when I went, by the time we got back from that challenge to camp, 
Malia and Pascal, and the three of them had joined forces. See, what people understand is they really, truly despised each other because Sean was such a, a divisive character and the, and the role he chose to play that Pascal and Malia just wanted nothing to do with um, Boston Rob and Sean. And we were able to exploit that for the longest time. Uh, I think one of the mistakes that we made was we didn't, didn't incorporate uh, Pascal and Nalia well enough into our group um, to make them feel comfortable that they actually had a legitimate shot. And when the coconut challenge happened and they saw where they were sitting, it, it was, you know, our, our game was over. I mean, they chopped off my head and bam, the other three went falling right behind me. Now you say that Gabriel must be kicking himself, but you know, this could be a little sour grapes, John. He got to go and hang out with Elizabeth Hasselbeck and go hiking. <laughs> he got to go hiking. <laughs> oh, they're building a society. Yes. <laughs> All right. But so is Brad Culpepper. Now he has the numbers. Is there any danger now for him that he has the numbers in? he has a five, now he has a five person, five into in seven. Uh, so he has, only these two women remaining on the outside looking in. Is there any danger for him to be so obvious with this alliance? No, I think the only way that'll happen is if somebody from his alliance, you know, just absolutely, you know, freaks out because of a loved one issue or anything like that. But right now with the five of them, you know, the way they're sitting, you would think that if they just held on and actually started winning a challenge or two, you know, they could end up evening up the game. But the problem with this Culpepper is has come out of the gate so hard, a little bit like Colton has on the other side, but not just as bad. But people just don't react that way. I mean, it's like you don't even understand really what the you know what the the vibe of the actual people that you're with. Everybody just all of a sudden it's like a shotgun marriage. Everybody just jumped into this alliance. You know, people are going to start thinking twice. Like, you know, do I really want to be here? But now that they voted out two of the girls, I, you know, I don't know if three of the guys would actually break away and, and, uh, and join the remaining girls. All right. So of these players on this season, do you have anybody that you're particularly rooting for? I know you said you like Tina. What about of the new players? Is there anybody that has, sort of jumps out of you? Um, you know, of the new players, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because you haven't really gotten to know them very well yet. Um, I did like Rachel a lot. Um, and, um, and I like John, I like John the doctor. Um, but I just don't know if, his, um, you know, emotions because of Candace being on Redemption Island and his, you know, targeting with the hidden immunity idol, you know, clue is going to, you know, create a problem for him. But I would say, you know, of, of that side, Rachel and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. And, uh, and John are, are two of my favorites on that side. Okay. Uh, yeah, I liked Rachel a lot too, even though we didn't really see that much from her. No. And it's too bad because, you know, with her being, um, Tyson's girlfriend, you know, I think we would have seen a lot more out of her. So hopefully she'll do well in Redemption Island, but I'm not, I'm not thinking so much. Okay. Well, we have a lot of questions for you uh, from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. Now, every week we take questions on our Facebook page. You can join in the fun and ask your questions every week. Go to facebook.com slash Rob Has a Podcast, like our page, and then on Thursdays I will open it up uh, to uh, you guys. So, 
Let me st- let me start off with uh, Mario. The great Mario Lanza has a question for you, John. You <laughs> Mario. Say, based on what you said, it sucks. Can you please go on a rant about how Colton is a whiny little bitch? Now, uh, do you have anything left to say about that? Why there's so well, much Colton hate out there? Well, you know what? Okay, it, it comes. There, there's a few different levels of this frustration. Okay, number one is is I, you know. I, I'm still upset. You know, here we are right in the middle of our gay rights movement. Right. And all of a sudden this kid shows up from Alabama and he's a chubby, gay, racist bully. That is anathema to everything that we are trying to do just out there. Now, granted, there are people like him who exist because he's exhibit A. I mean, he's right there and he showed up. So that gave a lot of reason to want to just kind of root against him. And what he did to Bill was totally inexcusable and what they did to Christina, totally inexcusable. I mean, and, and how those other people just sat by and let all that happen just blew my mind. And that's where I would get in trouble because this is where my game would go, like would take a big 180 right into, you know, either to the jury or, you know, on vacation is I would not have been able to shut my mouth with the kind of stuff that he was doing. And, and that's where my game would always be at risk is because I cannot stand that kind of thing. Yeah, Colton, is, he really made himself a very difficult bed here because, you know, he gets he gets a, a lot of flack. Now, he made his own mess here. He gets a lot of flack, but he doesn't get a lot of support from the gay community. As no, the gay community and he's not to going to. That every, or I would say most of, most of the former survivors who are gay that I've talked to have no sympathy, no love for Colton. Mm-mm. No, I mean, you got to realize, Judas, you know, I'm significantly older Nicole, I spent the 90s taking care of people with HIV and AIDS. You know, we were doing ACT UP. We were doing marches. We were doing all kinds of things just so that we would be able to be in the position that we are today. So in some ways, you know, we we're kind of, you know, pioneers and in, in the generations before me in Stonewall. You know, we all move forward to this part of being in, inclusive and tolerance and plurality. And then this little shit shows up. And, and he's just this clueless, vicious little queen and you're just thinking how do you even exist in this world like what rock did you crawl out from underneath because i'd like to smash you with it and put you back there forever and so when when you watch that kind of player it makes you want to punch your tv but doesn't caleb seem like a very like i don't understand how these two are together he seems like a a very like well well well-rounded like grounded guy that seems sort of have a good head on his shoulders i have no the jaded part of me has all kinds of answers for that, but I will not put them <laughs> in my mouth. Is there, is there hope for Colton? Could somebody sort of take him under their wing and sort of mentor him? Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. Hold on one second. So as, hold, hold on one second. All right, that's, I'm, I'll, I'll vamp for a little bit. I, want, I wonder maybe is there somebody out there in the survivor community? Maybe could, could it be like a, a papa bear perhaps? Maybe like he took Cochran under his wing? And bring him. A- sorry, I'm sorry, Rob. Can you repeat that? I wanted to see is the is there somebody out? Is there a gay survivor out there who would take Colton under his wing and mentor him? Now he's only like 22 or 23 years old. Is there hope for him? Yeah, outside the game with therapy and medication and you know a good backhand every once in a while. If Colton came to you and said, "John, could you could you help? <laughs> would you be like a big brother to me?" Could you could you help could you help me out? Would you accept this offer? I mean, big brother, little sisters, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, no, you know, look, if Colton ever, I mean, Colton's Colton, and, you know, he is 22 years old, and he's, you know, he is who he is, and he's not going to be this person when he's 25 and 30 and 35. It's just, it's just not going to, to happen. And obviously, when the cameras turn on, it does, you know, uh, exaggerate everything. All of us can have a sense of that, because we all have a sense that we're on a television show that's creating drama, and we all play our part, you know, and kind of ratchet up all the rhetoric and all that. But what you're seeing with him is just very, very different. And I hope, I was really hoping that after the first time that we saw him, that, you know, he would take a lot of that tart. And I think he has. We haven't heard any of the racist kind of comments and all that. Right now, he's just a brat. And, and I think that that, you know, is just kind of part of his shtick. Um, he's sent me a couple tweets, and they're very nice and kind and, oh. and all of that. And, and so, you know, I want nothing but the best for him. But in terms of playing the game, you know, it would have been nice to be able to pull him aside if there was, you know, one of these days that they bring back a half a gay tribe or a gay tribe. I would love for him to be out there with me at the same time because, you know, he's got to, he he's needs to, I guess, learn by example, if you will, you know, that there are different ways to play this game other than just being a pink bull in a china shop. <laughs> Now, John, is it true that if, if you were out there with anybody, you would just be happy? With like just any player? <laughs> yes. If you were out, if you were out there with Russell Hans and Philip, and, and is there any yeah. name that we could pull out of the hat that you wouldn't be happy to be out there with? Oh no, I just want to be out there. Yeah, that's I, what. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could put dead bodies out there, and I play against them. <laughs> well, that would be good. The Walking Survivor, Walking Dead yeah, season. Z no, Survivor Zombie. I would play with zombies. <laughs> Whoa. Well, um, so how about this? This is from. Well, you know what? Here, let me just clarify that. We've watched many seasons where there are at least a half a tribe of zombies yes. that, that are out there. So I think Survivor has played with a few zombies. Who, I think so. Who show too. up, you don't even know their name. They said twelve words. They got voted out and never saw them again. Yeah, but we won't. We won't mention any names either. Okay. So no. Thomas Forsey wants to know if you were stung by a sea urchin, which blood versus water cast member would you want to urinate on your hand? Now, do you have a pick? Do you pick somebody every season that this is the person <laughs> I would want to have to pee on my hand? <laughs> I've never. Well, nobody's ever asked me that question, which is hysterical. And no, I don't think of like, hmm, if I got stung by a surgeon. Well, this is what happened when I got stung that first time, and they showed a little bit. Or that poor Southern Republican judge had to try to pee on that gay nurse from Omaha. Mm -hmm. And he ran over. And let me just tell you that, you know, we all know what happens to the junk downstairs when you've been on the island long enough. And that little peanut could not get anything <laughs> to come out of it. Oh, I couldn't so do then, it. Yeah. 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 And, and then all of a sudden I asked if somebody else could and like a Olympic track hurdler, Kathy comes running out of the bushes and, and, and just unloads. And she had a absolutely full bladder and it only takes seconds, like three seconds of the pain is gone. The next 22 seconds, you're realizing a lady is peeing on your hand on national television. And that is a very uncomfortable moment. Yeah. I mean, just to assure you. But no, uh, no I'm going to pretty much stay away from sea urchins, I, I think. I don't know that I will be. <laughs> if, if I ever got to go back, I don't know that I would sign up for sea urchin duty. So you don't have anybody that you would pick? What if it was an emergency? What if somebody uh -huh. got stung on, on this island? It wasn't you. Who would you mm -hmm. recommend they, they call out of this season? Uh, Rachel. Rachel. Okay. Uh -huh. Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah. Okay. I think there's, I, I, yeah, I think Rachel. Okay. 
So uh, this is from uh, Charlotte uh, Ducharme. She wants to know, would John have the instinct to align more with Jervis and Tina, who were on Survivor around the same time as him than anybody else? Uh, if not, who would you align with? So is that a thing where you say, hey, we played way back when. I know that you, I, I feel like I could trust you more than these people who played in the last couple of years. I don't think so. I think that... Um... I think it would be more about what's the what's the overall tone of the entire tribe. I mean, I, I think I would try to look at that first to figure out where my best spot would be. Um, I, I don't know that I'd automatically just go to the old schoolers. I, I think I'd have to see exactly um, kind of what the the, di- the overall dynamic of the tribe was first. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I had myself in the same uh, the same situation, would I be more likely to trust somebody who was older? I guess if I knew if I knew them better, of course, you're obviously more likely to trust them. But the people the people who are newer, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's a case by case basis. I don't think you could just go by. It's not like a bottle of wine. Where, oh yes, this is a uh, this is a 2004. Like it's very trustworthy. I know I can trust this person. So yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't think you can do that at all. I think it, you're going to see. You know, with you know, we all know within moments, people just kind of gravitate towards each other, and usually one or two people will offer themselves up by doing or saying something that alienates them. You know, with the rest of the tribe, and then you know, then once that happens, then you know, you got to figure out where the numbers are. We haven't talked at all about Rupert today. Not that I, I don't have a question about him, but were you sad for Rupert? Um, no, no, no not when you played five times. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and also got a million dollars for not even winning the game. I'm just throwing that Uh, out there. Yeah. Well, he's got two. One, he's won a million for never playing the game, and he got voted out without a single vote or a tribal council. (laughs) So, so he's got, you know, he's got two little asterisks next (laughs) to his name. So he's won the game without ever winning the game, and he's also lost the game without ever losing the game. All right. So that was Uh, karma. Yeah. Yeah. Ying and Uh, yang. I, I was not surprised at all that he, um, gave up his spot to his wife, Laura. I mean, it made a lot of sense. He's gotten to play that, you know, obviously leaving your life for two months at a time and then having done that, you know, all those other times has to put an enormous amount of pressure, you know, on the one that's left behind while you get to go and, you know, fulfill your fantasy of winning survivors. So I think it's really cool that he's at least given her shot and her time to be in the sun. Now, Stephen Fishback brought this up last night. I've done a total 180 on this. I think this was actually a great move for Rupert because he was not going to win the game anyway. So, I mean, why, right. why, you know what? Look, yeah. Go out, look like a good guy, and yeah. let his wife have a chance to play, and he can always hold that over his over her head. And so I think it was a good move. Good, good job, Rupert. I think I like Yeah, it. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Dusty uh, Sigvertson wants to know. Now, I think I already know the first the answer to the first half of this question. He wants to know, is Colton the worst gay contestant to ever play Survivor? Well, I guess we haven't addressed, is he the worst contestant? Because I don't think he's a terrible player. I just, I, I think if he wanted to, he could be a good player. Mm-hmm. I think he knows the game. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know fundamentally he could be a good player. I don't think he has the fundamentals to put together a complete game. Okay, so I mean, it, well, let me ask you the second half of the question. And who yeah. would you rank as the top three gay players of Survivor? I, I feel like there are there are a lot of great gay Survivor players. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I always have to put Richard because he was the first. I, yes. mean, he, he, I, I think that's just period, end of story. I mean, it's it set the precedent for everything. Um, 
Um, Todd Herzog, I think, is is right up there. Um, and uh, you know, then it gets a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think in a, I'm going to throw Amy in there. I think she's. I don't know if she's if she's gay or bisexual or just had a girlfriend. I can't remember what what her story is. Um, but I think that I, I would have liked to seen her in a, a different scenario because I think she would be another one that would be just a, a fantastic player with the right circumstances. There's a lot of good ones. A lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Rafe is, is great. And you know, then there are those that are, um, people that are gay that maybe a lot of people don't know are gay that, you know, that are in there. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's a, that's a whole different show. Okay. <laughs> Um, so how about this question? Let's go from Erin uh, McGuire. She wants to know, uh, okay, will the player allowed to re-enter the game be joining the other tribe, or will that be happening at the merge? And who has the best chance of assimilating to the other tribe and making it happen uh, or making it to the merge? So when do you think they're going to pull the ripcord on Redemption Island? Do you think that they're going to do it traditionally when they get to the merge? They're going to bring the person in from Redemption Island? Um, I would like them to do it one of two ways. Either wait for the merge, but then that really is a, a long haul unless they have an early merge, or let them pick, get to a certain point, and then when they emerge as the final Redemption Island winner, they get to choose the side they go to. Okay. That could be good. You know, the more chances that people have to choose things, the more drama there ultimately is. I'm in favor mm-hmm. of this. I like yeah, it. I like, I like choice. Okay. From Dan Connolly, he wants to know, should Tina and Laura M. consider throwing challenges to save their daughters on the other tribe? Now, we don't have any inkling that Laura and Tina know their daughters could be the next one to go. But if they're looking at the writing on the wall and they see, okay, first was Marissa, second was Rachel, they have to assume that the next people going out of the game, and you have Colton sitting right here. That he is a he is a major pain in the keister, and you got to deal with him. And it's like, what are we doing? We could be voting out Colton. Instead, my daughter is going to go to tribal council. Is this a thought that these women could be thinking? I don't know how they could not be thinking it, unless they truly are one hundred percent, you know, competitors. And you have to remember, you know, at least with Tina, she's old school, so. She may be really ensconced in the, you know, get your alliance, keep your alliance tight and just work your way through within your alliance. You know, Laura is, is, is more new school. So, you know, it'd be interesting to think, but they have to think a couple moves ahead. So even if they were to throw one challenge, that's only going to get them one more spot because then after that, you know, then they're being super risky if they think they're going to throw a second challenge to try to save the girl. So to be honest, I don't think so. I think they're just going to let them take their chances on Redemption Island you know, maybe throw one challenge, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think Colton is going to either take himself out of the game or they're going to lose and they're just going to vote him out anyway. So do you, how about this idea? Do you think that just like, hey, why don't we vote out Rachel? Because then Tyson will go and he will switch spots with her and we will weaken the other tribe. It, could you almost send like a Trojan horse to the other mm-hmm. tribe where, and hear me out here, let's vote out Colton. Because we think that Caleb is going to switch tribes and there will be so much dysfunction on that tribe rather than on our tribe with Colton there. He'll stir up problems and they will be even weaker having Colton on their tribe. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I've thought about that is 
like you said, using it as a Trojan horse. And that's what I love about all these different levels is, you know, if you get it to work, you're going to be a genius. If it doesn't work, it's just going to be another great plan that just blew up in your face. You can weaponize Colton and send him to the other <laughs> tribe. This is perfect. I love this plan. Only if he brings his pink sweater with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that'll drive Brad Culpepper crazy, yeah. and it'll be great. It'll be great. And yeah. they'll have to hear him uh, complain about how Caleb is gone. It'll drive everybody nuts, and it'll be good. Yeah. Okay, so Heather Nicole Smith is asking us, um, John, do you know that pancake syrup is thinner than blood? Did you know that? No, I did not know that. <laughs> and Heather Nicole Smith is a big fan of yours. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering um, how she found that out. <laughs> she loved it. She <laughs> loves pancakes. Okay. So, uh, bloody pancakes, apparently. She's a little vampire. I think she's one of my uh, Twitter friends. Okay. Uh, Sean Fox wants to know, John, have you ever been asked to return in all the seasons that they've done? Have, they ever, have you ever been in the mix? I've never been in the mix. It kills me. It kills me. I'm telling you. Sometimes you get me. on, you get on there, uh, the the Rolodex, and they're calling you up every season. And other times, yeah. you don't know, you know what you what you did or didn't do, and you know they it's like they lost your phone number. Well, I, I made some big boo boos coming right out of Survivor because when I did those, uh, my behavior wasn't the best, without a doubt. And I did some fundraisers, and and I got into some arguments regarding trying to do, use kind of like a Survivor logo for the fundraiser. And what was interesting, this is right before I became an attorney, really didn't really embrace the idea of trademarks and brands and all that. Now that I've gotten through law school and I'm an attorney, I look back at that and I'm thinking, oh, you dumbass. You know, you, you were absolutely in the wrong. They were absolutely in the right. And I, I picked a fight and I shouldn't have. And, and I think it's it's had a long hangover without a doubt. All right. So what what's your advice to future Survivor players? To get back on? <laughs> yes. To one, be memorable. Be a winner. I mean, go out swinging. Don't float. I mean, try, you know, whatever it is your skill set, make sure you maximize your time that's out there. And then, you know, when you're done, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you, you know, and, uh, and make sure you cultivate the relationships of the people that got you there, you know, to begin with. And that was a huge mistake that, that I think I made. And, um, but hopefully one of these days, you know, every, I think everybody deserves a second chance. And, you know, and I'm hoping one of these days I might get mine. I want to do a duo season with Nalia. If they ever do this, I was talking about duos before I even knew about Blood versus Water. Probably about a year ago with Survivor Oz, the guy from Tasmania. Yes. And, and I pitched, you know, I said I, I would love to have a duo season. And Nalia was only 21 when she was on the show with us. She's now 33, got three kids, still very active. And she is as much of a fan as I am. She loves the game. She's still young, still athletic, great personality, sweet girl. But she's a different person now. She's not that 21-year-old that screwed up that final travel council and gave that money away to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that she would be a completely different player. And she didn't get to second place by accident. And so I really think that she deserves another shot. Is the season John versus Nalia? Or is it like a blood versus water season where instead of like a survivor and their loved one, it's like a survivor and another survivor who's their buddy? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's they can either do it one of two ways. And there's, I think there's a way to have it duo and schoolyard pick and you're paired up with somebody whether you like them or not, you two are going to play the game together and you'll be voted out together and you either have a double winner or you separate that merge or you get to pick who you come back with 
as a duo, you play as a duo, and you're voted out as a duo, either all the way to the end and you get a, a double prize, or you separate at merge and now you play individually. And the thing I love about that is, is can you imagine you go in there and you have this great plan, but one of them like implodes or just suddenly gets sick or does some really stupid thing and you get voted out because of your partner's antics. I just think that that would add such a cool element to the game. Well, a couple of years ago, I would have said that there was no way that we would ever see anything like this. But after this season, uh, you know, anything's possible. They could do anything. Yeah. Who knows? Well, and Aaliyah and I, you know, nobody would think that her and I would actually want to join forces because she voted me out. I mean, she's the one that cost me my game, and I'm the one who didn't give her my vote, which ended up costing her a million dollars. But we talk at least once or twice a month for the last 12 years, and we're very good friends. Uh, if you had to, would you share a mint with Aaliyah? I would share a mint, uh, even a chewed up chocolate cookie. <laughs> All right. Uh, Owen Craig wants to know, is it just me or is there a lot of reassuring winking on this season? And, and do you wish you had winked more on your season? Have you noticed a lot of winking? You know, what's funny is I am actually a, a winker in life. I mean, I, I do that. And I actually accidentally did that like six months ago to a judge. I was in a hearing and I thought, oh, no, I'm about to get yelled at because I just winked at the judge. Um, yeah, you know what? I think it's one of those just nonverbal ticks that ever, you know, somebody starts and then everybody else just kind of picks up. Um, you know, I guess it'd be a lot better than, you know, partner, you know, doing something else. <laughs> um, uh, Charlotte Ducharme wants to know, John is one of my favorite survivors ever, but the real question I have is, did you like the random shot of Otis cuddling with Tyson by the fire? <laughs> did you catch well, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, but because they don't bat for my team, it really, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it, yes. just, it doesn't even register on the radar. Okay. So that's so that doesn't count. No, no. Uh, okay. No. There's right. got to be at least a, just even like a small percentage of hope, you know, that you know you can make them ditch. The, you know, I shouldn't say that that's derogatory, but well, you know, ditch the bitch, you know, make the switch. Yeah. Well, we'll see if if he makes the <laughs> switch next time on Survivor. Yeah. If <laughs> if so, this could be maybe the Otis and Tyson bromance is heating up. If we see. Uh, <laughs> Or if he doesn't switch, if he decides, hey, no, sorry, Rachel, I found somebody else. His name is Otis. Yeah, well, there you go. And it, and it doesn't even sound like it's spelled. Yes, it sounds a lot <laughs> different. All right. Nathan Bayless has a good has a good question. You have to really put your thinking hat on for this, okay? Okay. Uh, would you be up for a Survivor Robs versus John season? So he has in the on the Rob tribe, it's uh, it's me. Boston Rob, uh, RC, that's a little, that one's a little tricky. Uh, the general, uh, Jean Robert, Bob Crowley and, uh, skater Rob. And on the other tribe, it's you, John Cochran, uh, Jonathan Penner, uh, Johnny Fairplay and John Fincher. Well, holy cow. Look at all those Johns and look at what they meant in their seasons. Yeah, I'm not so sure I'd want to play on, on that season. There's a lot of nasty, hard-playing Johns. Yeah, who would you have an alliance with? Oh, God. Um, well, you couldn't have one with Fair Play because you just wouldn't know like what kind of creature he was when he woke up every day. Um, I'd say Penner for sure. Um, and well, is that I other one the Rocket appreciate Scientist? appreciate that. that would be, I would love to play with you as well, John Carroll. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, anybody that sounds like Alan Alda all the time, I want to play with. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I know. I know you got to run. Let me see if there's any other uh, questions here that are good ones. 
Uh, Devin Brown wants to know, do you think that they will set the stage as a reunion that is big enough uh, for Rupert and pre-jury friends? Will we have a reunion half at the halfway point of pre-jury people to watch Redemption Island? Oh, yeah. Um, that would be interesting, yeah. I, that, that would be cool, but I, I'm not sure. I guess they just have them sequestered somewhere, but yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Um, Brian Scally wants to know, is John even uh, more eager to screw over his allies than Candace? And I guess not talking about you. This is Dr. Mm-hmm. John. I guess I didn't put him on the Robs versus John season. Uh, mm-hmm. First, he didn't take uh, Candace's spot at Redemption Island. And then he sets her up to possibly duel Tyson. Do you think that is, uh, did the apple not fall far from the tree with Dr. John and Candace? You know, I think he, he I think he realized what time it was right at the right time because I think between having the target with the clue and then him um, wanting to try to save Rachel, I think he figured out what what time it was and got himself back in check in time before disaster. Okay. And uh, Brian Scally has one more question. Uh, Despite Rupert telling us that pregame 27 is his lucky number because he turned 27 on the 27th, does it seem in fact that 27 is in fact Rupert's unlucky number? Well, considering that if you're born on the 27th and you make it to at least 28, you're, you will have, you know, you will reach 27 on the 27th. <laughs> so um, I'm not so sure how much he should rely on that lucky charm. Yeah, poor Rupert, you know. <laughs> there was no I, luck I involved with that? that shirt. Yeah. Oh, no. That's maybe that's why you need you needed like a trademark that Rupert had like the whole tie dye thing happening. Maybe you needed something uh, like you need like some branding. Didn't you see my? Don't you remember? I had the little. I had the skirt. I wore my when we did the kite challenge. I took the fabric and made a sarong or sari or whatever it's called. Oh, Rupert stole that too. Yeah, and basically it was like a little mini skirt. And I mean, at one point the camera was like right there on my butt as I was walking down the uh, down the path with my little mini skirt. Yeah. And my my last question for you, John: Have you picked up a copy yet of the BR rules? The BR rules? No, I have not. Yes, it's available in paperback. It is. I, I did not know that. <laughs> um, I've I've heard a little bit about it, um, but I experienced them. Uh, personally, and I don't think I need to know any more. You, so you don't need to read the book. You've already seen the movie. No, no. And if, unless there's a chance he's coming back to play a game and I get to play against him again, then I'll go back and read the book. But otherwise, nah, I think I'll go ahead and save my $8. And, and one last question in Survivor Robs versus Johns. What tribe is Bobby John on? Um, he starts off first in Redemption Island. He go, oh, he goes to Redemption Island, and then whoever loses the first tribe, Bobby John comes back on their tribe. That's uh, right. This is very exciting. I can't, I can't wait for this. This is going to be good. All right. <laughs> Would you vote for a Rob to win on the jury? On the Robs versus Johns? Yes. Well, give me the two or give me the the, the Robs. No, just the would final. you? Let's say it's uh, it's two it's two Robs and a John. Would you vote? Would you, just <laughs> hypothetically, would you vote in this total nonsense season? Um, I think I'd have to vote for a John because if I'm running it through my head of the 27 winners, I do not believe that a John has ever won. Okay, 
Well, other than last season, John, John, oh, uh, Cochran. That's Cochran. Right. How can I forget about Cochran? I love Cochran. Oh, one of my favorite all time characters. Okay. Cause Holy I wanted, cow. do you have a feud with Cochran? Because I see that your Twitter is at first survivor John. And I've wanted to know, is there another survivor John that you're feuding with on Twitter that claimed that they were there first? Yeah. The rocket scientist took it. He took <laughs> survivor John. Yeah. So you're feuding with John Fincher. Yeah, you don't get to be Survivor John if you're like the seventh Survivor John. You get to be Survivor John the seventh. <laughs> All right, so it's, that'll be a, that'll be a good backstory to watch on the Survivor Robs versus John season. Yeah, it goes you know Survivor John one and then two and three and four and five. All the way down and he just jumped in and like took my name so i was like doing all kinds of like the original just like ran out of letters i went oh no this is easy i'm the first one okay all right well john carroll the first survivor john and maybe right. someday the winner of survivor robs versus johns that you, you've gotten my vote in the in the final two in the final three uh if we oh, get good there. good yes all right john all right, thank, right. thank you I'll so much yeah, this was great this was great i'm glad we finally did this yeah, me too. It's been a long time. And because uh, you went to my second fundraiser. I did. I yes. The su- way back when, the summer of 2003, with so, so many stories yeah. from old school survivors from that weekend. Yeah, that hotel party, that, that final, like, like, what was it, that Saturday or whatever it was, that was a lot of fun. What it was, I don't know. I think we flew in. I mean, gosh, how many were there? Like 50? Yeah, it was like June, like June 2000 or, Ju- or Ju- June or July 2003. And it yeah. was uh, those were those were crazy days for the uh, survivor people. Yeah. 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 I was surprised nobody got pregnant. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Uh, who has a 10 year old? Yeah. All right, John. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And, and John loves talking survivor on Twitter. Look him up. He's at first survivor, John. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, and first is one ST. One ST. All right, take care, John. Okay, thanks, Rob. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was John Carroll from Survivor Marquesas. And joining us now in the studio of Rob Has a Podcast, here she is. She's eight months and 28 days pregnant, the one and only soon-to-be mom, Nicole Sesternino. Oh, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like I still have more work to do. The first mom of podcasting. Oh, I won't, I'm not just the flop. <laughs> no, no, you've been promoted. You've been Ooh. promoted. So, Nicole, how are you doing? I'm good. Yes. Well, we've got a lot to do here today. Are you feeling up to this? Oh, I got to find some energy. Can you give us a prognosis of how close to going into labor are you during this podcast? Um, I don't think I'm that close unless my water just spontaneously breaks. What do we do then? Do we finish? We, we clean it up. We clean it up. <laughs> yeah. I Well, you know, I will be a little annoyed. I have to say that I, this is the one room in the house where we have all hardwood floors in this new apartment that we moved into. And this is the one room that has carpet on and, and Reyes the dog had to pee in here twice. <laughs> I have to keep a barricade up so she doesn't come in here because I know she wants to pee on my she rug. She wants to pee in here so bad. Yes, I know. And I just don't, I hope you don't want to break your water in here so bad <laughs> oh i would laugh so hard oh it'd be hilarious yes. all right so nicole i just want to say before we get into some stuff here we got a lot of clips to play for you guys halloween is right around the corner mm-hmm. and the best place to go for anything halloween whether it's costumes whether it's candy whatever it's amazon.com now nicole typically you want to you like to try to come up with something 
that is not appropriate to wear on Halloween. <laughs> yes. Are are you concerned about uh, not losing the baby weight yet and not being able to wear something inappropriate? Um, and that you're somebody's mom. I don't care that I'm someone's mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will most likely wear something inappropriate. Oh no. Yes. Oh no. Okay. Well, whatever you want. I will do, still wear a size extra small. Whatever you want to do for Halloween, plenty of time to get your costume. They got lots of great stuff. So go check it out. Use our. We have a link directly to the Amazon Halloween homepage. It's robhaswebsite.com slash Halloween. Okay. So we're going to get to your voicemails in just a second. We don't normally bother too much with the secret scenes because typically they're a little boring. But uh, we had actually one that I wanted to play this week. And it's actually Tina talking about Colton. Mm -hmm. And so, Nicole, I know you were saying before you're not happy with Colton's gameplay on this season. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> frankly speaking. Frankly speaking. Well, you won't be speaking any more frankly than John Carroll did in our last segment. Was he a fan of Colton? No, no, he, was, he wasn't He was a huge fan. Now, Is anybody who comes on the podcast a fan of Colton? Not yet. And even the first time he was on, it was like we did six weeks of podcasts of people just complaining about Colton. So the problem can't be everybody else. Yeah, well, at least last time he was sort of controlling things. It was sort of like it was like a couple different things. It was like he had the stuff going on that was like the Aaron type stuff from Big Brother where he was saying things that were offensive. But at the same time, he was also kind of controlling what was happening in the game. This time around, he's not saying anything offensive, but he's having a temper tantrum. He's having some tantrums and he's not controlling anything. Yeah, well, now he's not playing with people who are... You know. Are you implying that the <laughs> that the luminaries on the man's tribe of Survivor One World were not as good as the returning veterans, Nicole? I might be saying How that. How dare you? I might be saying Where do that. you get off <laughs> saying that people like Tarzan mm-hmm. and Leaf yeah. and your boyfriend Jonas? Oh, Jonas. <laughs> uh, the Rooster? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Byers? Let's Google him. No, no, no. How dare you imply, Nicole, that the men of Survivor One World were not up to snuff? Yeah, it's, it's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's... sorry, these guys are a little more zen. So we're going to hear from Tina Wesson right now from The Secret Scenes, and she is doesn't like how Colton wants to talk strategy all the time. So <laughs> take it away, Tina. Colton is so over-strategizing. But that's what he does. This game is outwit, outlast, outplay. Colton right is for sure the outwit. It's been a while. This guy, he is a master. He can think so far into the game that, you know, he is seven Eddie? steps ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm barely one step ahead, you know. And whenever he starts talking that way to me, I mean, you can be talking some foreign language to me at that point. I don't even know what he's talking about. And... He wants to do that 24-7. If there was a, a Rob Sesternino out here who is also a survivor freak hey. and oh. knows <laughs> when everybody went off on their season, he and, and Colton should come out here and do it out because you know, they would both be in their element. And to be honest, most of us who are out here, if you have an alliance in place or if you feel like you don't have to strategize right now. We haven't even lost a challenge. We don't really want to talk game. We don't really, that's not our thing. We would really kind of like to just relax on our downtime and be free from it all. 
So basically, I don't know. Is this a compliment, Nicole, or is this a diss? To you? Yes. She called you a freak. <laughs> yeah, that's not good, right? <laughs> no. That's not good. And I kind of got the impression. But it's still a name drop, so that's cool. Well, that was a name drop. We appreciate that. Ra- yes. I'd rather be dissed than not mentioned. And a diss from Tina is probably a better diss than getting it from anybody else. I don't know if this is a compliment or a diss. And so... I have to say, I feel it's a little bit, I felt like it was like a backhanded compliment. Like she's kind of saying like, I mean, it's too bad there's not like a weirdo out here like Rob <laughs> Sestrinino who would know who would know what the heck he's talking about. But us normal people, us sane people, we don't we don't care to hear about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, OK, all right. So what? I have a podcast and I've done I've talked about survivor for uh, <laughs> 700,000 hours in the last five years. Okay. I think that qualifies as a freak. I'm a freak. Yeah. I don't want to be a freak. <laughs> You're a cute freak. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing. So I will though say, um, I do accept the challenge of the Colton versus Rob sister Nino season. Oh, the season. Yes. <laughs> she said they could come out here and duel it out. So mm-hmm. I will, I do accept the challenge I think it, it's of like... Colton versus Rob sister. I think I would be the f- fan favorite on that season. <laughs> Uh, maybe by a little bit. Maybe like a by just by a little. <laughs> like a little bit. <laughs> so what do you think about what she's saying and what like ours was saying um, last night on the show? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with what she's saying. Even when I went back to play the second time, I knew that. I mean, and it didn't work out for me, but I still think I I had it probably more right than wrong that mm-hmm. I didn't come out there after being playing in the Amazon and say to everybody, okay, oh my God, who are we voting on first? What are we doing? What are we doing? Cause it, nobody wants to talk about that stuff until you sort of like lose the vote. I think Colton just wants to gossip. He wants to gossip. He wants like these people are not into it. It's like they feel good about about themselves, and everybody feels like they're in a good position. Why cause trouble when you don't need to? Yeah. So he's really overplaying the game this season. Just one other thing. I don't know when everybody got voted out. I couldn't tell you. Like, okay, maybe <laughs> like in the beginning, like when I was first on Survivor, I could tell you the order that everybody got voted out, and I probably could still do it for like the first four or five seasons. But I don't know the order of no, anybody. You, you've uh, you've kind of lost it over the years. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, uh, for a survivor freak, there are at least thirty or forty survivors you could put in a lineup. I couldn't even tell you their name. No, and that, that is absolutely true because when we're out and a survivor comes up to you, I have to say, okay, that's and I have <laughs> yeah. to tell well, you who they are. I don't make it like I'm Rudy or anything like that, but I would have to <laughs> say of. for a survivor freak, I, I think if I was a, a real freak, I, I wouldn't. I would know everybody. Yeah, I'd say there's probably at least ten survivors that know more about survivor p- tri- trivia and trivialities than than I do. Yeah. Cochran, Colton, mm-hmm. Spencer. There's a lot of people that know more about Survivor than I do. Yeah, it's, you're, it's like you're getting like Survivor old timers. I know. I don't have it. It. I just don't. Before I was on the show, I cared to memorize everybody. Mm-hmm. Once I was on the show, it wasn't like I had to memorize everything about it. Okay, freak. Let's keep. Let's keep moving. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Nicole. I, I know. I know whose side you're on. Okay. So every week we like to hear from you guys as much as we can through yes. social media and everywhere in between, especially via our Rob has a podcast voicemail. Mm-hmm. And so what you want to do is after the episode or anytime during the week, if you have something to say, give us a call at the number three two three. 
282-RHAP, 323-282-RHAP, or you can use your comp- the microphone on your computer or your iPhone. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. Okay, Nicole, we had a lot of good calls uh, this week from our listeners. You ready to kick it off? Any dirty ones? <laughs> Let's take it one <laughs> step at a time. All right, Nicole, here we go. Let's start with Matt Forsyth, okay. and he wants to talk about uh, the survivor massage system that the returning players worked it's out. It's a good system. All right, here we go. Matt Forsyth, go. Hey, Rob. Matt Forsyth here. Well, with the Long Tribe, it looks like there's some sort of massage centipede going on. My question to you is, if you were in a massage centipede, where would you want to be in the centipede? Would you want to be in the front, like Tyson, in the back, like Arnold, or somewhere in the middle? Thanks. Bye. All right, Nicole, have you given any thought to where you want to be in the Survivor Massage Centipede? Yes, I actually have. <laughs> okay, where would you like to be in the Survivor Massage Centipede? I would like to be in the front where Tyson was. This way I don't have to massage anybody. Yes. <laughs> so you don't want to be one of the lucky Pierres in the middle who is both giving a massage and getting a massage? Giving and receiving? No. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that? <laughs> no. What about the very unlucky person who was all the way at the end? Was that Otis who I- was? I believe it was Aris. Now, why didn't they turn the massage centipede into a massage circle? That would have been the smart thing to do. If I went back on Survivor, am I allowed to massage other people? Are they men? (laughs) Let's say, let's let's go, let's go both ways. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Really? Let's let's take that back. Uh, Let's go first. uh, Okay, let's start with uh, men. Uh, Sure. Okay. Uh, Now it's a woman. Depends who it is. Depends who it is. Okay, it's, uh, let's just throw a name uh, let's say okay let's say it's brenda Lowe. no because you have a crush on her what why well, could you say that because i'm scared what might happen if you do give her a massage <laughs> okay yeah well yeah i will something, something <laughs> may poke her depends how far away we're standing <laughs> yes. in the human centipede mm-hmm. okay Maybe right. Colton was supposed to be the closure of the centipede to make it a circle. And since he bailed, like no more circle. They had to just go, yeah. go in a line. Okay. Well, that's a good... I'd like to hear from you guys. Where would you want to be? Where, what is the right strategy there? In I think the Tyson had it right. Massage human centipede. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how about Brian Whitehead? He's got a question for us. Brian, take it away. He's Brian Whitehead. And I was wondering if Marissa wins on Redemption Island next week... Who do you think will get the idol clue? I'm not sure she's looking too favorably on her uncle right now. Thanks. Bye. All right, Nicole. (laughs) Now, we had a lot of drama in the episode this week where John got the idol clue from Candace, and then he didn't share it with his bros, Mm -hmm. which is you always want to share idol clues with your bros. Right. It's a bro-y thing to do. Uh Uh-huh. Now, if Marissa wins the idol clue, will she share it with Uncle Jerv? I think that's her only option because she hates her tribe. Like, she grilled them down. She's not going to give it to anybody on her tribe. Mm -hmm. And it's still family, Jervis. What do you think of Jervis after he won the challenge? And he was like, Marissa, this is for you. (laughs) I was laughing. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, actually, Jervis. Actually, no, your your trash talking got her voted out. Like, yeah, like this doesn't. You're not even because you won the challenge and dedicated it to her. You're too late. Too late. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see. That's going to be interesting, but it probably still be Jervis. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Candace is a badass bitch in those uh, challenges. She's, She's like stone cold. She was like totally stoic and just like rocked out the challenge. Yeah. 
I, w- I was very impressed with her. And even the way she, that she just walked out and was like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Candace Woodcock Cody. She's here to play. She's here to play. Yeah. She's here to play. Okay. Let's take a question. This is from Mikey the Chimp. Ooh. Bobby C. and the flop. It's the chimp <laughs> in West Hollywood with a question. Is it possible Jeff Probst is overcorrecting in season 27? He mentioned on your podcast that he didn't like doing the talk show with all the notes and input he got from executives, and he wasn't used to that being out on the island on Survivor. By the time they went out to shoot season 27, his talk show had been canceled. So do you think he went out there last June with all the twists in mind saying, I'm going to put my fingerprints on this and do all these crazy twists because I know it works and we don't have to take input? Is it similar to returning players overcorrecting? Okay. Nicole, what do you think of this? So Jeff Probst goes out. He does the Jeff Probst talk show. Mm-hmm. Okay, It does not work for whatever reason. Right. And he said in our interview from last November that he felt like he was getting a lot of notes on that. Right. And on Survivor, they don't get notes. That mm-hmm. they do what they want to do on Survivor. He's the executive producer. Do you feel like that Jeff came into this season and said, hey, I, this is going to be my season. I'm doing it my way. And this is the show we're doing. If he did, it's working. Yeah, I have to say that I think Mikey is right. I do think that this was has Jeff's fingerprints on it a lot. Yeah. But I have to say it's in, working. In respect to Jeff, I think through two episodes, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I like this so far. Yeah. But I do think that there was a little a little bit of okay, well now I'm back in my domain and now I'm going to go ahead and really put my fingerprints on this. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Okay, so let's take another question. Uh, This one is from one of our listeners, Brock, and he has a question about Tina. Hey, Rob, this is Brock from Laurel, Maryland, Um, not Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's a different Brock. Anyway, I... Um, one of the funniest parts I thought of about the first episode, which I didn't actually... was surprised that I didn't hear you mention during either of your podcasts, was when Tina was saying about uh, losing Rupert in that they lost a great shelter shelter builder and a great fisherman. Um, I was a little surprised. It kind of makes me think that Tina didn't continue watching after <laughs> she was voted off the first episode of All-Stars. Uh, she seemed not to know about Rupert's infamous shelter disaster or his inability to catch fish on Heroes and Villains. Um, from where I was sitting, mm-hmm. it seemed like tra- trading in Rupert for Laura might have been a little bit of an uptrade. I don't know. That was just my uh, my take on it. Um, interested to hear your thoughts. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I know for a fact that Tina did watch the episodes of Survivor All-Stars where Rupert built the shelter underground mm-hmm. because I recorded DVD commentary on those four episodes with Tina That's and right. Rudy and Jenna Maraska. Mm-hmm. So I sat in a room with Tina and those guys, and we watched all four of those episodes straight and did a commentary. So I know she saw them. Uh-huh. Just selective memory. Yes. Do you think that the Veterans Tribe got an upgrade by getting Laura Boneham instead of Rupert Boneham? That's a tough question, but she she definitely got the upgrade. <laughs> yeah. She definitely got it. <laughs> she did. It was a better deal for her. I spoke with Rupert this morning. I did my exit interview with mm-hmm. Rupert, and I thought he was, was good. And I told him that now that him and Laura are both reality stars, they need a reality star couple name. Ooh, what's their name? Rora! <laughs> well, you like that, That's right? Perfect. That's good. That's, That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. How about this question? Uh, this is a question from Michelle, and she wants to know about Jervis's tattoo. 
Hi, Rob. My name is Michelle. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. I love your show. I'm really excited for this new season. I just had a question. Um, I was watching yesterday's episode and noticed that Jervis has a tattoo of Pagong on his arm. And I was wondering if you had any tattoos of your old tribe names on your body. And if so, where are they? Thank you. And uh, congratulations to you and uh, Nicole. Michelle, that's a little private. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Nicole, Michelle wants to know about if I have any tattoos on my body I of my own I think she just wants to names. know about your body. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. How do you like that, Nicole? Yeah. Let her know. Can I tell her? <laughs> sure. Can I, can I, uh, I'm allowed? Sure. I can, you, it's okay? It's, it's perfectly fine with You're me. You're sure? I'm, I, am, I am a very confident woman. I don't have any tattoos yet. Yet. Yet of my survivor tribes, but mm-hmm. I am planning on a Tambaki <laughs> tattoo. Uh, one on uh, one on one buttock and then a uh, Jacare tribe on the other. Yes. Yes. Is that okay? You're okay with that? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Can you make it a tramp stamp? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. All right, Nicole, you ready for the next voicemail? Yes. Okay. Would, should I get a try? I know I never like it when survivors get tattoos of their survivor experience. I always feel like maybe you want to wait a year before you do that. I think that you should always get a tattoo of your wife's name. <laughs> My wife's name? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's another thing like a survivor tribe name. I don't know if you want to do that. You you know what's best for you, you'll do it. <laughs> Whoa! All right, take it easy. All right, here instead we go. of shaving your head for the next podcast awards, that's going to be the Let's deal. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes. Okay, ready for the next voicemail? Yes. This is very important. Okay, here we go. Next voicemail. Hey Rob, this is the gay Russell Hans, the greatest <laughs> of all time. How dare Eris try to compare me to Colton? That is a flaw situation. But I do wonder if Eris and Tyson, maybe they want to get in bed with me. Okay, Rob, we'll answer that question. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. Very funny. Very funny. Yes. So some wise guy out there, Nicole, is calling us up as the gay Russell Hans. No, I think that was the gay Russell there, Hans. There actually is there a gay. Is, no, yes. there, I, look, <laughs> I know there's no such thing as a gay Russell Hans. You mm-hmm. can't even put the word gay and Russell Hans in the same sentence together, Nicole. Yeah, there's no there's no such thing. Uh, but hypothetically speaking, so the the gay Russell Hans implied that, and he pronounced it wrong. It's not Aris, it's Adas. Uh, what did you think of what was going on with Tyson and Adas over there, Nicole? Talk about a bromance. That that is a full fledged <laughs> bromance. That is a, that was an embrace. Yes, <laughs> that was a loving embrace. Do you endorse that? As two of the Mount Rushmore members of Rob Has a Podcast. Is that okay? You know what? If they're confident in themselves, go for it. That's a, that's okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, could you ever... Do s- they snuggle at nighttime together? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the gay Russell Hans could tell us uh, another day. No. That's an, in all seriousness, that's not funny, gay Russell Hans. We don't need people <laughs> making prank phone calls on our voicemail. That's not what it's for, people. Yes. No, it's not. Stop it, Nicole. Don't encourage. Don't encourage these people. All right, here we go. Let's go to uh, a question about. Can we talk about how mad Russell got. We'll t- we'll talk about okay. that. That's coming up. Okay. That's coming up in this show. Okay, Jervis and his uh, cockiness. 
Hey Rob, it's Jordan Parhar. What do you think of Gervais's cockiness in showboating so far this season? Is he just doing this to make the other tribe hate him and therefore make himself a viable final two goat, Philip Shepard style? Or is this just Gervais being Gervais? Okay, Jordan Parhar going with the Kim Spradlin pronunciation of Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, is Gervais, is he trying to, a la Philip Shepard, say, hey, I want people to take me to the end, or is this just how he celebrates? I think that's that puts too much thought into it. I think this is just him celebrating. This is how he celebrates. Yeah. And there's no 15-yard penalty for excessive celebration on Survivor. Not on Survivor. Yeah. They just vote out your niece. <laughs> they just vote out your and niece. And she's already out, so what are they going to do? <laughs> she's already out, so what can you do? All right, so let me play one more thing for you. Now, this isn't so much a question, but let me just set up this next clip that I want to play. So earlier this summer... I got an email, and I do get emails from the, the the listeners quite a bit, and I try to answer as many of them as, as I can, sometimes mm-hmm. just between work and all of the shows. I don't have a chance to write back to everybody, but this one was a, an interesting one. I got an e- email from one of our listeners, David Saliba, mm-hmm. and he had a special request oh, that he okay. wanted to make. He wanted to know if Nicole and I would record... A special podcast, a fake podcast, a fake podcast that was just for him. And in this podcast, uh, we would propose to his girlfriend Amanda for him. And so, what something he, like that. What he wanted, <laughs> what he wanted to do was that the premise was that Nicole and I were going to record an episode of Rob has a love cast, and it was a good episode that we recorded. <laughs> and in this episode, we would then propose to his girlfriend Amanda. So earlier this summer, we did this. Nicole and I did a. Uh, it was a, a shorter show, and and in this fake Rob has a love cast, theirs was the first question uh, that came up, and so David and Amanda wanted to. To uh, tell us how it went. So here is. Did she say yes? Did she say yes? Here is Amanda of David and Amanda. Here you go. It was yay. We're listening to Rob has a podcast. I was really excited about that. And then when uh, you were talking about the first the first ride in for David from Huber Heights, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. He finally gets on Rob has a podcast. <laughs> this is what he's trying to show me. Um, and it wasn't until you were really describing where he should propose, like for real, instead of the baseball game or at work, that I realized, oh my gosh, he's proposing. And that's when I started bawling. <laughs> so it was really good. It was really cute. It was a, such a good idea. He's so creative. Yeah, so thank you very much for your help, Rob and Nicole. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will... Never forget what you've done for us here. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, well, thank you, David and Amanda. Yes. Thank you for... Uh, inclu- so I'm assuming she said yes. She did. She, okay. said, she did say yes. So congratulations to David and Amanda, yes. who are now engaged to be Aww, married. that's nice. And have their very own uh, special episode of Rob as a <laughs> podcast, where uh, we... Uh, we sort of let the cat out of the bag that David was proposing. Mm-hmm. And he had the ring ready to go, and, and there you have it. Good. So that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. Just one of the cool things that we've gotten to do. That was fun. On, that was fun to record <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. So, all right, Nicole. How about let's get into some social media now? Let's do it. 
Okay, so let's let's see. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what the survivors are saying here. So we they have a lot to say this season. Really? So what? Who have you been? Particularly... Maybe the, the specifically, there are certain people that have a lot to say. I feel like it's not as crazy as last season. Last season, it was getting ugly on social media. It got uh, yeah tense. Yeah. Okay. They're keeping it fun at least. This season, yeah, everybody's getting better with the tweeting. All right, so let's start here with. At Tyson Apostle, who tweeted out, uh, he has he submitted my lovely lady at Rachel Folger hashtag Miss Survivor twenty thirteen. Okay, campaigning already. I love it. An early campaign going on there for Miss Survivor. Now let me just point out here a little one one thing for Tyson. RC is actually Miss Survivor 2013. So you <laughs> Rachel would be eligible for Miss Survivor 2014. Okay. But it's going to be a very competitive field this year. Mm-hmm. That's co- coming in January. Okay. It was very competitive last year, too. Yeah, it was very... Well, last year was like off the charts. It was insane. Last year was off the charts. <laughs> I, I hope it's not as competitive as last year. That was, that was too much for me. I couldn't handle that. Okay. So how about Survivor Penner, Nicole? You know, one, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Survivor Penner said, Problem with Redemption Island <laughs> episodes start at the end and then end in the middle. This ain't Pulp Fiction. Thoughts? It was part Regis. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's not Survivor Philippines anymore. I have to like. Uh, I have to practice my pattern. Yeah. Yes, but I love. I love that. Yeah, I have always said that I don't like that the Redemption Island is is at the start of the episode. You would rather it in the middle. Well, I would rather it be at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and then. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know how they should do it, but I don't, I don't like it. I feel like somebody gets voted off. I want to talk to them the next day on the podcast. And it's like, now you somebody gets voted off. And then it just, per, for See? me personally, it screws me up with my exit interviews. Because when somebody gets voted out, I want to talk to them the next day. Okay, but Penner's not doing exit interviews. Why does he care? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So you don't care when they do Redemption Island? I, it doesn't make a difference to me. Okay. Uh, this is from... At John M. Cochran. Now, mm-hmm. if you recall last week, Brad Culpepper, and we haven't talked about this, at least not on the podcast. What's your take on Brad Culpepper? Are you a fan of the Culpepper? He seems like a nice man that's in, very much in love with his wife. Yes. I don't think I would be able to be on an island with him, though. <laughs> yes. You think his bro lines would be too much for you? I think his energy is just too much. Yes. Did you like when he was talking about five into nine equals in? I felt very smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So he basically said in the first episode, he said, nowadays, the only people that win Survivor, it's John Cochran and a bunch of weak women. Now, again, I don't know if I would necessarily classify Kim Spradlin, Sophie Clark, Denise Stapley as weak women. Has he seen Denise's guns? No, no, I don't think so. So Cochran responded and said, the quote-unquote weak women comparison only bothered me because my weakness really transcends all gender boundaries. (laughs) Yes. So it's really, yeah, a weak man is the type of person that wins the bar. Poor Cochran. Yes. No, but not poor Cochran. Cochran's Cochran's sitcom, The Millers, is, I believe, uh, does it premiere tonight? Is it? I think so. Yeah, poor, uh, poor Cochran's doing pretty well right He's now. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. So Sophie Clark, uh, she tweeted, I-, I hate it when people call each other babe. Go on Amazing Race if you want to do that crap. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> what do you think of that, babe? Uh, this isn't the Amazing Race. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that. 
uh, at Johnny Fairplay at a tweet for Rupert Boneham. And he said, uh, hey, at Rupert Boneham, some of the best players are first out. Well, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that doesn't necessarily mean you're the worst if you get voted out first, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rupert didn't even get voted out first. He voted himself out. He just got eliminated <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about this? Now, we talked about Russell Hance earlier in the show mm-hmm. where he was referred to as the gay, uh, the gay, I'm sorry, Colton was referred to as the gay Russell Hance. Right. I tweeted to Russell Hance. Did you make him mad? I said, does that mean we can call you the straight Colton Cumby? <laughs> Which uh, he did not necessarily appreciate. I thought he wasn't watching this season. No, he's, I think he said he wasn't talking about this season. Okay. Uh, and so Russell Hance tweeted, a gay Russell Hance, WTF. No, I'm not stupid. Is a tremendous difference between me and Colton. And then tweeted again, you may love me or hate me, but quitting is one thing you know I will never do. Colton doesn't even compare to the sweat off my ass crack. <laughs> I don't want to know about the sweat on his ass crack. <laughs> Um, so Boston Rob had a tweet about this episode oh okay Boston Rob tweeted another great episode of Survivor (laughs) tweet cool seeing at Tyson Apostle and at Ados Music in a loving embrace fireside hashtag not weird at all Uh, I only wish he would have used hashtag drop top soda pop (laughs) That would have been that would have been that, perfect. That wouldn't have been appropriate in this tweet. Yeah, Nicole, uh, we were talking. We were watching the episode the other night. You hadn't seen the first episode for a couple days. Uh-huh. Uh, we were talking about some of the swimwear choices on this season. Uh, Vetus, did you? Are you liking his his bathing suit? What is he wearing? <laughs> that was. I asked you if you liked it. You said he it, he can pull it off. Oh, it was like tidy whities, right? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me get the song open. Hold on. You can't say that without 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 that drop. Oh, you have got to prepare me. You always got to be prepared with tidy whities. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I hadn't... <laughs> yes. So this is for Vetus now? Yeah, he can pull it but off. But they're not white. They're tidy whities ish. <laughs> yeah. What color were they? I don't remember. They're like multicolored. Tidy they... he, yeah, he he can pull it off. Tidy. Um, all right. And, but Tyson, I believe he, he covered up this season. He had a speedo on survivor heroes versus villains, right? He had like the leopard print speedo. Mm-hmm. And this season he has more of a traditional bathing suit. He's wifed up this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's see. Uh, we also have a, you okay? You have a contraction? Um, a little, bit. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. All right. So let's see. Maybe we won't go ahead and uh, get into every single voice. I think all, all this talk about these tidy whities is making me go into labor. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll we'll start to uh, wrap things up. No, uh, give us more questions. Some, you want some more questions? I don't know <laughs> if I have more questions. Uh, how about some Jeff Probst inappropriate comments of the night? I didn't catch any. Yes. Okay. So, well, there was one that I got a lot from people on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, Jeff Probst, inappropriate comment of the week. Uh, Jeff Probst, during the immunity challenge, of course, we anytime we have balls in the mm-hmm. immunity challenge, he said... He uh, just loves balls. When it was down to Hayden versus Jervis in the challenge, Jeff Probst, two balls left for each guy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Good to know. Yes. 
Good to know. Uh, have you had a take on Hayden in this early going so far this season? Um, I think that Hayden, uh, I think it's, uh, it's not big brother Hayden. And I think that he's realizing it. It's hard. It's harder than he, than he anticipated. Yeah, you think he's doing okay? I think he's doing okay though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a Hayden fan on big brother? Um, what was the name of his? The brigade. I was not a, a big fan of the brigade. I feel like you liked Enzo. <laughs> well, I had to. I feel like you were an Enzo fan. I was an Enzo fan. And you were on the lane train. I was always oh, totally on the lane train. Yes. Yeah, so I was disappointed when Lane didn't win. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, you can go back and if you uh, l- listen to Big Brother Podcast, we, I've organized by category now all the shows. If you wanted to see, listen to Big Brother 12 Podcast, they're very easy to get to in our navigation menu on robinswebsite.com. That was a good season for, for us. Yes, well, that was the first season that we ever podcast about with Big yeah, Brother. It was fun. It was a lot. We did have a lot. We of had fun. a lot of fun. <laughs> we had a lot of fun that summer. Okay, and let me one more comment from uh, from you guys. Uh, this is from Twitter. We're using the hashtag RHAP from at Hair of Malcolm, who wrote three <laughs> people played more than once from Pearl Islands. Two went on to be first boots. One went on to win the game twice. So there you go. Pearl so Islands. it's been a very checkered record. For survivors who have come back from Pearl Islands to play again. Mm -hmm. They're either the first out or they win the game. Yeah. Do you think Laura is going to be the first out of that tribe? Do I? No, I think Colton is going to be the first one out. Yeah. I think they'll get rid of Colton before they get rid of Laura. Yeah, she's not causing any waves. Okay. So we'll see. What do you think? Is Tyson going to switch next week? Hmm. I feel like he might because he he is a, he's a gentleman. Yeah. I feel like he will. The only thing that makes me feel like he won't is that in the preview, it made it look like he will. Right. And if you always go by the rule of if it looks like it's going to happen in the preview, it probably doesn't. It's always the opposite. It's usually the opposite. Yeah. So what we'll, would you do? What, what would I do? If, if, if that was you and that I, I was on Redemption Island. Oh, I would switch with you. You would not. I would switch. <laughs> you would not. I would switch so fast. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, please, Jeff, I need to let... I'm going to take Nicole's place at Redemption Island. No, you would pretend you didn't hear anything and you'd have your head up in the air. What? Oh, my God. I fell asleep. (laughs) Oh, my God, Jeff. I'm so sorry. (laughs) What what were we talking about? Yeah. What were we talking about? Okay. So let's start. Okay. I guess let's start to wrap this up. So let me just talk a little bit about what's what's coming up here. So, Nicole, your due date is Saturday. Saturday. You're looking a little touch and go right now. I'm feeling a little touch and go right now. Okay. Well, we have frozen yogurt downstairs. Okay. All right. So hang hang in there. <laughs> yes. This baby loves frozen yogurt, too. All right. So this upcoming weekend, uh, are we having this baby soon or what? I hope this baby comes on Saturday. Saturday is the due date. I want to go in on Saturday. All right. Well, here's what's coming up as far as podcasts go. I have fill-in hosts, so don't, you don't have to worry about the schedule getting interrupted. Oh, even thank if, God. Even if I'm unavailable. Mm-hmm. We are going to have on Sunday, it is the finale of Breaking Bad. So Antonio Mazzaro <laughs> will be live and hopefully, or well, I hope we have the baby. But uh, yeah. if we don't but if for we some don't. reason and we get to watch the Breaking Bad finale, I guess I'm okay with that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that We're going to do that, I think, at 1030. It's a win-win for you. It's all a win-win. That's <laughs> welcome to my world. Yeah. So it's at 1030 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do the, uh, live after Breaking Bad. That's going to be a video show as well. Monday night, the Amazing Race premiere is on Sunday also. Jessica Lee's. 
uh, is going to be live. We're going to have uh, Zev and Justin with us also mm-hmm. for the amazing race recap. Those are going to be on Monday nights this season, uh, I believe 10, 15 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7, 15 p.m. Pacific. And then uh, it's time to do it all over again. And should I not be available for Survivor Know-It-Alls this week, Stephen Fishback will have a fill-in Survivor to know-it-all with him. Mm, better be a good know-it-all. Better be a good, a good know-it-all. And then I think what we will do is, uh, should we have the baby next week, which I am expecting, then we'll have no interview podcast uh, next week. So you're taking a paternity leave? I will take one podcast off. <laughs> okay. And I will also excuse myself from our new feature on the Rob has a website, uh, Rob has a, uh, not Rob has anything, from my YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, the least you need to know about Survivor, that is going to be, uh, I'll take a one-week hiatus from that oh, as well. The things you give up for family. For you. I did it for you. <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to do this one for uh, the family. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I feel like I had uh, more to say. If you um, are a football fan, Check out my podcast with T.O. I'm very happy with the direction that it's going. You could listen to it on the Sideshow Network, which you could actually listen to all of Rob has a podcast as well on Sideshow Network. Go to sideshownetwork.tv and you could listen to my new podcast with Terrell Owens uh, called Time Out with Terrell Owens. Very good. You like that name? I, I do. Get your podcast ready. <laughs> there you go. So every week we talk about all of the crazy stuff going on in the NFL. This week we talked about uh, Jacoby Jones and Sweet Pea the Stripper and oh, yeah. uh, the guy who lost his fing- a piece of his finger and tweeted it out. So basically all <laughs> of the nonsense. That's what we try to talk about with T.O. every week. Rob, you're so legit now. So legit. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Nicole, is there? if this is the last time people are going to hear from you before you're, you go into labor, is there anything you want to say to the audience of Rob as a Podcast? It's no pressure or anything. Um, I did want to say thank you to the people, the very, very generous people who have sent gifts to Baby C. Uh, it's like overwhelming, the uh, generosity from the listeners. And I just wanted to give a special thank you to everybody. Yeah, the Rob as a Podcast audience is is really rather amazing. That you guys are always are always very generous, and e- like I'm even talking about like in your praise, uh, yes. especially because we hear from a lot of people who have a lot of different relationships with this show, and it means different things to different people. And yes. we always love hearing from you guys, and so it's always. Very appreciated uh, when you just reach out to us. You know, it, it means a lot to us. You've become like our second family. Yes. Yeah. And in some ways, uh, I want to make you the first family. <laughs> How about that? And as well, you know, lots of different ways for you guys to interact with the podcast. Uh, we're very excited about the Rob as a Podcast subreddit. Go to robasawebsite.com slash reddit. And I know there's a bunch of stuff that I'm forgetting to tell you about, but um, we're just going to have to do another podcast. So yep. thanks so much to everybody. Uh, thank you uh, to John Carroll and our head of the uh, our head of the Robinson Podcast staff this week, Jessica Frey. Yes, thank you. Great job. And <laughs> Nicole, uh, let me officially wish you good luck. Thank you. Okay, I'll be looking at Slingbox on my iPad. I will punch you so hard in your face. <laughs> yes, I'll be watching uh, Orange is the New Black on, mm-hmm, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, if anything, we're watching The Sopranos. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> yes. enough. All right, just two more things. So we have every day on robiswebsite.com, we have blogs going up from our robiswebsite.com 
bloggers. They're doing great stuff. Check it out. We've got five people blogging about Survivor, plus Jessica blogging about The Amazing Race. So definitely check that out on Rafa'sWebsite.com. And then on the post page of this podcast, our great friend Jeremiah Panhorse. Uh, also, he's the host of Mad Men Podcast. He attended a charity event a couple of weeks ago, and he had a chance to talk to Sandra Diaz-Twine and Todd Herzog. So he has about a 40-minute interview with those two winners, which I will embed on the post page. Just go scroll down past the description of the podcast, and you could listen to Jeremiah's interview. So everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon. 